Hello and welcome to this Timmons and Simmons 10-minute briefing on the key Brexit and regulatory... Oh, now I'm doing it wrong already, right? I'm saying... Re yeah, re regulatory. regulatory. I mean, honestly, yeah. either is fine. You are forgiven, right. it is your second language. <laughs> yeah, but this is stupid. So I should say it in the, the UK version, right? That's better. So the regulatory. Yeah. Regulatory, if, regulatory. Honestly, I either. I think either is genuinely fun. <laughs> okay, sorry for that. Okay, one more time. Okay. Hello, and welcome to this Simmons & Simmons 10-minute briefing on the key Brexit and regulatory updates we are seeing in the Netherlands. My name is Rosa, Rosa Temminghoff, and I'm a lawyer in the Amsterdam office. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Reza Stegeman, a partner in her Amsterdam office, to get his insights into the Brexit and regulatory updates he is seeing. So Reza, how are UK firms preparing for post-Brexit exit to the Dutch markets? Well, there are various ways of safeguarding business continuation. One route is to await equivalence under Article 46 of the MIFIR regulation. However, I wouldn't hold my breath uh, on this as it is very unlikely and it begs the question as to how sustainable this is, as equivalence can be revoked by the EU we saw this approximately a year ago, whereby the equivalence for credit rating agencies was revoked. So a more realistic route is to deal with the access to the EU 27 states in one go by establishing an EU hub uh, somewhere in one of these EU 27 states, which then allows for access to the other EU 27 states. That seems to be done by now, so we haven't seen any recent establishments. Um, where a um, EU hub is not an option or is not sufficient, a third route is dealing with EU access on a country-by-country -country basis, for which there are three options. We see clients considering the reversed solicitation route, which is rarely feasible. Um, they are also keeping an eye out for the Dutch um, TPR to be revived, so that is the temporary permissions regime based on an exemption. The Dutch Minister of Finance has recently indicated that this is currently unlikely to be revived, pointing out that firms have by now had sufficient time to sort their matters. Um, this is something which is uncertain whether they will be as strict as they say, um, but the extension to the UK for this exemption, which already existed for other third countries, um, is one of the potential ways to avoid a blackout of business continuation. However, again, it is quite uncertain whether the Dutch Minister of Finance will see room to allow for this um, exemption to be revived again uh, by the end of the transition regime on the 31st of December 2020. This leaves the only realistic option uh, to be a cross-border license this is only available when dealing with per se professional clients, um, unless uh, the firm is willing to establish a branch office. Um, a branch office is not necessary if the firm is only dealing on a cross-border basis with per se professional clients. So many firms are currently preparing applications, even though a timely licensing is now already not possible anymore. Um, my view is that they are still better off on the 1st of January 2021, then those firms that are not demonstrating to the Dutch regulator that they are working on their authorization. 
Now, the authorization process shouldn't be underestimated. It is not a rubber stamp process. It is a proper license application process with the relating scrutiny. Perfect, thank you. And then the second question, um, can you also say something about the client perspective? How are Dutch clients of UK firms dealing with service continuation? Um, yes, I think it's good indeed to consider this as a mutual uh, interest. So both of service providers in the UK as well as Dutch clients. In the Netherlands, we have a very deep market of institutional investors being Dutch pension schemes and insurance companies. And they are um, just as dependent on um, their access to UK service providers as uh, the other way around that UK service providers are able to um, uh, service Dutch clients for their business. Um, what we see is that clients are asked by the Dutch regulators to ensure that their UK service providers are able to continue their services. So UK firms will have typically received questions about their Brexit planning from Dutch clients. Um, and this due diligence uh, by Dutch clients also extends to questions about capitalization and also forecasts of capitalization growth as Dutch clients don't fancy facing empty shells. In that respect, the topic of delegation is also frequently raised, in particular in respect of asset managers and fund managers, uh, the main concern being the role of the Dutch intermediate entity. Okay, perfect. And then the third question, what are the significant legislative developments in the pipeline of the Netherlands? Um, I think there are two that I would like to highlight. Um, one is on remuneration and another one is on access of insurers uh, based in third countries. Uh, especially with um, uh, Brexit coming up, uh, this latter item is quite important to insurers based in the UK. So just starting off with the uh, first one on remuneration. In July of this year, the Dutch Ministry of Finance submitted a bill on stricter remuneration rules for the Dutch financial sector to Parliament, which is meant to come into effect in July 2021. Now, this bill mainly regards three items. The first being a requirement for management and employees to retain shares of financial instruments of which the value relates to the market value of the financial firm and which are components of fixed pay for at least a period of five years. Now, this requirement applies to the fixed pay of all employees of all Dutch financial firms. As such, this is, strict, this is a stricter requirement than the CRD retention requirement we are familiar with, with respect to variable pay for identified staff only. Furthermore, there is a requirement that the remuneration policy of a financial firm must describe in which way the remuneration of management employees uh, relates to the social function of the financial firm. Finally, there's a tightening of one of the exemptions to the bonus cap. Um, as people may know, in the Netherlands, there is a 20% cap on annual variable pay, so a 20% vari uh, bonus cap. There are several exemptions available to this 20% bonus cap, and one of them is now um, looked at for being tightened in this particular bill. And that is the exemption um, relating to individuals of which the bonus is not subject to a, a collective labor agreement. 
um, which is now only um, uh, available in exceptional cases and no longer to individuals that either exercise internal control functions or directly provide financial services to retail clients. Now, turning to the second legislative development, uh, the access of third country insurers, um, currently such insurers are allowed to provide services in the Netherlands after having uh, gone through the um, adequate um, um, notifications. According to a bill which was published in June of this year, third country insurers will be prohibited from providing services in the Netherlands, both on a cross-border basis and through a Dutch branch. Only third country reinsurers may continue to access the Netherlands. It's unclear when this bill will enter into force. Um, however, it's good to know that there will be a transitional period of two years um, to insurers that are currently active in the Netherlands. I think it is an important development um, because um, for investment firms, there are certain options such as the cross-border license. Uh, this is not available to banks and according to this bill, this will also not be an option for the insurance sector. Okay, and lastly Reza, I want to like to ask you, is the Dutch regulator prioritizing any key themes? Um, yes, I think indeed it's good to be aware of um, the prioritization of the Dutch regulators. Um, we have two regulators in the Netherlands. One is the Dutch Central Bank, also referred to as DMB, which is our prudential regulator. And then we have the Dutch Authority for the Financial Markets, which is the conduct of business regulator. The, um, the Dutch Central Bank has, in addition to its standard ongoing supervision, prioritized the following three items. Firstly, technological innovation did digitalization, both in its own way of supervision, as well as in allowing it in the business operations of firms. Secondly, ESG. The Dutch Central Bank pays attention to climate-related risks as a part of the ICAP for banks. For investment firms and investment funds, the central bank will focus on sound resolution plans to ensure that those firms have the prudential means to be capable of ending their business orderly when needed. And furthermore, the Dutch central bank is exploring if the management of climate-related risks should also be a requirement for licenses. Thirdly, the Dutch central bank is looking to prevent involvement of financial firms in financial economical crime. Then moving on to the other regulator, the Authority for the Financial Markets, um, they also prioritize sustainability-related uh, supervisory activities. This includes scrutinizing claims of sustainable investing to mitigate greenwashing risks, monitoring the impact of sustainability issues on financial stability, and checking the provision of information on sustainable investment products and services to assess whether this information is accurate clear and not misleading. Furthermore, the AFM has identified a properly functioning chain of asset management parties as a supervisory priority, resulting in the following activities for the AFM. Identifying major outsourcing risks and mitigating these through active supervision, improving its view on asset managers' conduct by gaining insight into the role of custodians by conducting studies, researching cost structures of firms, and finally, gaining insight into the impact of sustainability issues on the business operations of asset managers.
Perfect. Thank you, Reza. And thanks to the audience for joining this podcast. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Thanks. <laughs>